We want to give a quick shout out to Electro Voice, the sponsors of the Green Room podcast. They've been around for 90 years. They design and engineer leading edge sound. Uh, they do everything from live networking stuff to loudspeaker stuff. They know what they're talking about. They have tons of hands-on experience. And Ryan at Electro Voice has donated us four different mics that we use for this podcast between the RE320, which was, you know, the re the rendition that Electro Voice did of the RE20, which was uh what Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on to the ND76, which is the Electro Voice version of the industry standard Sure SM58. I think they sound even better. So shout out to Electro Voice for being there for us, making us sound good. Um, And that's why we all live for sound. Shout out Electro Voice. It's fine. We're getting down on Friday. We have a great special guest. Fun, 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 fun. Fun, fun times. We have a great special guest. (laughs) He worked with... I mean, he's worked with everybody. Everybody. Like, he's worked with everybody. you. He's worked with me. He's worked with the, you who's listening right now. He's worked with so many people he can't even remember them all. He is God. Pretty much. Um, no. Uh, his name is Andrew Frost. Most people just know him as Frost, though. And or that's Frosty how he, Frostersons. Yeah, and that's how he introduces himself. So Frost, if you ever hear people talking about Frost, this is the guy. Or it is the weather. Yes. Anyway, we have a lot to talk about today. We don't want to waste a lot of time. We've been putting these topics... We want to waste all of their time. This I have. Is, uh, this whole podcast is to waste time. I know, Our but time, their time, your time. I don't have time to waste. Oh, whatever, Pat. You're always like, I don't have time for anything. Oh, la, la. And then you'll be like, hey, you want to drink margaritas? So anyway... I'm trying to get better at that. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'm down. I'm always down for a good margarita. I just yes. want a jalapeno in that shit. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I agree. You know, okay, so we have so many things to go through this week yeah, pick- because so many, the world is an interesting place full really of is. weird shit. Like it's, the fact that, um, did you know that Marshmallow competed in Ninja Warrior the other day? No, you sent that to me. And, and he completed it. Did he? Yes. Really? Yes. And Good for him. I mean, it's highly debated if it was him or not, actually, obviously. like I thought we knew who, what he looked like now. Um, well, everyone knows that it's dot com, but yeah. but he was wearing his marshmallow outfit, so, oh, so he did it completely been... in costume. It could have been like the national, the international champion of Ninja Warrior under there. So that giant marshmallow, the giant marshmallow noggin, yes. didn't get in the way. No, not at all. He actually absolutely murked the entire course. I watched it. And um, obviously, like multiple sources are saying that it was really him, but there are all sources that benefit by saying clickbaity shit like that, right. you know, like billboard.com. So right, it's like, right. maybe it was him, maybe it wasn't. Good PR move, no matter what you Here's a question. have to say about it. Here's a question. Do people still care about Ninja Warrior? Here's a question. Do people still care about Marshmallow? Ooh. I'm kidding. They care about both. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm yes, wondering. Yes, they care about Ninja Warrior, and also has Ninja Warrior jumped the shark? Is oh, it good going reference. to be? Is it going to be like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Is it like lost its popularity? It came out. No, it was a cool thing. Um, Netflix has just stolen its demographic. I think with their new three season Ultimate Beastmaster, which is Jesus. Ninja Warrior on steroids. Okay. They have a multi million dollar obstacle course set up where multiple countries compete to be essentially Ninja Warrior, Ultimate Beastmaster. And if you win, after treacherous years of training and exhaustion and probably more bruises than you've ever had in your life and potential concussions, 
you win $10,000, which then you get to pay a beautiful gift tax of 50%. Right. And then I bet you a billion dollars that they don't give them pay for their hotel or their flight or anything because most people don't even have their families there. Right, right. And so you get to pay basically to go hurt yourself on a multi-million dollar course. I I just think the prize money is funny. It's like you're going to spend millions of dollars on this obstacle course and you're going to give the winner $5,000. That's hilarious. If you're the ultimate beast master, uh, your prize, you should win a date with Lucy Lawless. That, it would be badass. Right? Yeah. You know, people, I I should be Xena Warrior Princess for Halloween this year. People have always said I look a little like Lucy Lawless. Wasn't there a show like right before uh, Xena Warrior Princess called Beastmaster? Like it was the male version of Warrior Princess? I never really watched it. You know, I'm looking this up right now. Or whatever that show was, the channel was. 1982, The Beastmaster. It looks very much like Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. He has a falcon. Prehistoric Dar uses ESP with animals to save a slave girl from a sorcerer. <laughs> and, she grew, and she grew up to be Xeno Warrior Princess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, so, it yes. aired, and it was on right I agree. after the um, Ultimate Beastmaster should be to win a date with the Beastmaster or Lucy, Lucy Lawless. Lawless. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would Mark pick Singer. Mark Singer or Lucy Lawless. Ooh, what if they got together and had a kid and it was like... The Ultimate Warrior? And he... <laughs> And he hosted Ninja Warrior. Hmm. Wow. You know, that's even better than the fact that one of the ultimate Beastmaster people is a uh, host for Brazil is Anderson Silva. Wow. Yeah. And uh, one of ours is Tiki Barber. Really? Yeah. They have I'm... a good line. They have a good cast of who is um, commentating. They always have somebody who's like pseudo or past famous for some sort of sporting thing. This is exciting. Whatever. I've been Anderson looking for a Silva, new show. Though, I love reminiscing about Anderson Silva. I was just talking about some of his awesome knockout kicks. He used to be one of my favorite UFC people to watch. I sound like Joe, Joe Rogan right now, yeah, he's everybody. pretty good. Joe Rogan podcast. But yeah, he was super fun to watch. I loved watching him taunt people, just stick his face out and be like, hey, 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 and then kick him in the head and knock him out. I, um, I never <laughs> really was into UFC when I was younger. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but one of my friends from Wisconsin was over here visiting, and we went to like Bloomington. And he was really into UFC, so we went to go watch uh, the UFC, whatever number it was, and Anderson Silva was fighting that night, and that was the night he lost. With the uh, jello leg? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember seeing that. It, I think, it was crazy because- I think I was in college. I either was in college or like senior year of high school. And yeah, it was, happened, like, but... it was like 2009 or something, like yeah. 2010. Yeah. So and that video was, was just college. viral everywhere. Oh, yeah. they called it noodle leg. That's noodle what it was. Leg, yeah. Noodle leg. What, yeah. This guy kicked it, for those who haven't seen it. Whoever he was fighting, do you remember who that was? No idea. No idea. Kicks him in the shin and literally just breaks right. in half and like flops around like a noodle. So there's a good mental image for your Friday morning blues. Ish. Sorry Ish. about that. All right. So what else we got to talk about? Let's do like topic grab bag. Cool. Pick All one right. Out of the um, okay. Bruno Mars is playing Prince in yeah. the upcoming biopic. That's pretty exciting. I think that's a, that's a good fit. I think so too. And I'm interested to hear what people are saying about his performance as him because it's always really cool, I think, to hear like from people who are on set while the movie's being made. Because for example, Johnny Depp playing Whitey Bulger. Right, right. The Whitey Bulger bi- biopic, Black Mass. Yeah, they said it was uh, people, like scary. There were how... people that had to leave the set yeah. because he, because Whitey Bulger was such a scary ass individual when he was alive. Or is he still alive in jail? I don't know. I have no idea. He's either That's really old as shit in jail or he died already. But 
yeah, people had to leave the set because they were so like creeped out by Johnny Depp's resemblance and similarity to the, even the mannerisms of Whitey Bulger. So, and we've heard other things about that. Like the guy, um, it was just like a B-roll actor who did the James Brown biopic, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. And people were astonished at how much he just moved and walked and talked and everything right. just exactly like yeah. him as well. Yeah, not a fan. Don't watch that one. People you don't like that listening. one? No. I don't like how they broke, what do they call it, breaking the fourth wall? Um, I watched the one called Get Down, I think, on HBO. There's one on HBO. There's an actual documentary called Mr. Dynamite, which is amazing. That one's good, too. That's yeah. really good. There's a biopic that was in theaters, and they break the fourth wall a lot, and I don't like it at mm. all. Um, you know it, what biopic kind of is like really good? The Temptations one. It's long as shit, but it's really, really good. It's like yeah. a two-part, two-hour thing. Oh, really? Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. I thought everybody did a pretty good job, and I had no idea about The Temptations' background or anything. It's crazy to think they're still making music. Yeah. I mean, not the same people, obviously, but... And since we're out there just tossing these, you know, into the ether, another good one is the Frank Sinatra two-part on HBO. I haven't HBO. seen that. On HBO. Okay. It's totally worth it. It's long, I watched though. a documentary like about him, though, hours about how he is, like, the nicest person mm -hmm. on the entire freaking planet. And same with... um. Nat King Cole. Really? Apparently he is like... Was. Was was <laughs> one of the nicest people in the entire freaking world. And for your future knowledge, I think he came out with the best Christmas album I've ever heard in my life. Really? Yeah. I wow. think he has the best one of anybody's. Hmm. So if you're looking for a Christmas album to buy Agree um, to for disagree. your parents... Agree to disagree. I like it. Who who do you think is I'd like the Charlie, Justin Bieber? I like the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Really? Yeah. It's my favorite of all time. <laughs> oh my God. Did Stevie has Stevie Wonder ever done a Christmas album? I don't know. He doesn't know what season it is. I you can't see. <laughs> oh my god, you're the worst. Have you seen that meme of him like Yes, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Like Roses are red, violets are roses are black, violets are black, everything's black. I can't see. Oh, I was I thought you were gonna say like <laughs> the one where he's holding a box of cereal and it's like tricks and he's like, even I can see the taste why or I, even I can see why kids love Fruit Loops or whatever. It's something like ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, man. I don't. Oh, like it's it's a Lucky Charms reference. He's like, even I can see why kids love Lucky Charms. And it's holding like Fruit Loops. Dude. And the best part about Stevie Wonder is that he is also an amazing person. He's just like the sweetest guy. Like um, his song, Isn't She Lovely, is actually written about his daughter, which I thought was always just about probably well, like cool. an SO. But that's why it says, Isn't She Lovely Made From Love. And um, oh, okay. super cute. Yeah. And then also, I just watched his karaoke in the car episode, which is this like YouTube. Oh yeah, the uh, James Corbin. Yeah, thing? there's like a yeah. YouTube channel where you he just sits in the car with like Britney Spears and Lady Gaga, and they sing at the top. They sing their songs together at the top of their lungs, and they start the Stevie Wonder episode out with like James Corbin like being like, "Are you okay to drive? Are you sure?" And it's just like camera on him, and then it switches over to Stevie Wonder, and he's like, "Yeah, man, we good." That's hilarious. <laughs> and so he totally just makes fun of himself. So that's, what you, he's an awesome person. What are your thoughts on this James Corbin fella? He's I don't really know anything about him outside of car karaoke. I find him. He's a double-edged sword. He's a multi-hyphenate. Annoying and dull at the same time. <laughs> I mean, he's British. It's a gloomy country. 
<laughs> I mean, their humor is very dark. I don't know. No, I, I don't want to say anything bad about uh, British people. It's just a, it's a fun <laughs> joke. It's a fun joke to make. Yeah, we just want I to make actually, fun of the French here. I'm, I actually want to go over there and spend some time in London. Yeah, in I would like that to do whole that country, too. Great Britain would be great. You know, speaking of Europe in general, Volkswagen is getting rid of the Beetle. Nice transition. Yeah. And um, they are. It's true. And I couldn't be happier because those <laughs> things are ugly. I guess their sales have plummeted like 80% on the Beetle. So, I mean, it's got to go. It looks like a shoehorn. I don't even know how it became popular in the first place, but, you know, to each their own. The Herbie, Herbie movies. Really? You think Herbie? Good I think product it placement? Yeah, I think it totally helped. And they brought him back in the 90s, and there was a video game for Nintendo 64 called Beetle Racing, and it was all <laughs> No way. Bugs. Yeah, and it was actually a pretty fun game. My friend had it. That's amazing. It was pretty good. Okay, and also speaking of Europe, the next time you go there, you should check out this website that I found recently called flytographer.com. It's this really crazy sort of like Airbnb a photographer while you're on vacation website. So basically the idea is that you pay a professional photographer who's in your remote location to take professional photographs of you, candid or not, while you're on your family vacation or your, you know, like honeymoon or whatever. And I think the rate starts at like 250 bucks for like an hour or something like that. But yeah, you can go pay to have like professional photos taken of you in Greece or wherever the hell you are. Wow. Which is pretty cool. And they do um, weddings and stuff too. That's neat. So that's a pretty cool idea. So shout out to flytographer.com because that's super dope idea and also if you're a photographer you should peep it out because it looks like it pays pretty well so that you can do it me. wherever you go that's a that's great that's a uh, a great service it reminds me though of something i heard recently so where i work down the street there's this ice cream place that's really really popular called oh boy here goes pat Minnes- ice cream rants nope it's not even about it. it it's called minnesota nice cream have you heard of this place yeah, yeah. Megan? Mm-hmm. and i've seen some cool instagram pictures from it that's I, I love that you said that because one of it's right down the street. So the owner, she comes in a lot and has margaritas for happy hour. Nice. And one of the guys who works there is actually bartending with us as well. He's kind so of what you're saying is that they're going to make a jalapeno margarita ice cream. No, what I'm saying is they're telling me stories about how much ice cream they have to throw out. There's people that hire professional photographers to go there, they get their ice cream cone, they get pictures with it for Instagram and social media, and then they just dump it. They like take one lick. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about how cool it would be to be like a chop judge or something like that, or to be some sort of like foodie celebrity that does that, but like you get full, you know, or like sometimes you're not just hungry. (laughs) I think it would be like a hard life for me to just be eating all the time. And also for chopped tangentially. Yeah. They have to make stuff out of some weird shit. So it seems like it'd be all cool to be able to judge a contest like that, but not when you're eating a frittata made from old fried rice and um, apricots and pickled whatever the fuck they put in those baskets. I heard uh, heard one of the special ingredients was uh, insoles from a shoe. Really? Yeah. And hot dog water. Yeah. And the chocolate starfish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Speaking of albums, though... I just saw that the new Anderson Pac album is done. So that's super exciting. What if, albums were we speaking of? Um, oh, photo albums. No, we were just talking about Hot Dog Water and the Chocolate Starfish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I missed the reference. Yeah. Okay. 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 Get it together. Yeah. Yeah. The new Anderson Pac album is finished. Didn't Dre produce it? Um, Dr. Dre? I don't know. Should we look that up? I'm pretty sure he did. I've okay. seen pictures with him in the studio. Okay. Sounds good. And then also for you 
funk fans, K-Lab just finished his new album and sent it into mastering. So I'm really excited about that because The Worldlies, his last album, is one of my favorite albums of last year. So you should go like his page so you can know when it comes out. We're going to have him on as a guest here soon. Shout out to Danio. What other topics do we got? And speaking of Danio, love my Canadians. There's this weird thing going on right now where the U.S. is trying to pass this law to not let in Canadians who have even legally smoked weed before. Here's a from the star. Canadians who smoke marijuana legally or work or invest in the industry will be barred from the U.S. Customs Border Protection. Just came in from Washington. Can- Canadians will be barred from entering the United States for smoking marijuana legally, for working in C- Canada's legal marijuana industry, which is becoming nationally legal, I think, on October 17th. And for investing in legal Canadian marijuana companies, a senior U.S. Customs and Border Protection official official says. So basically, it will take effect on October 17th, the same day that they legalize nationally. Okay. So okay. basically, if you're coming from Canada and you're trying to get in the U.S., don't say that you've ever smoked weed or ever even seen it in your life. That really sucks, though. That's super whack. Um, such a stupid U.S. government, rule. you can suck it. Yeah, dude. Fuck the government. <laughs> Seriously. Fuck police. I say, like, you know what? It's a popular thing to say, but dude, fuck those guys. Yeah, they're saying that they don't, quote, recognize it as a legal business in the U.S. So that's but so ridiculous. They, I, when I was just in British Columbia, there are more dispensaries there than fast food restaurants and gas stations combined. And it's not even nationally legal yet. That's how cool it. Canada is. Yeah, Canada's. You know, it's funny. Uh, so my my uncle lives in Calgary, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast here a few times before. And I just saw him last weekend, and I was asking him about how you know how's Canada going with everything, and it it was kind of like mind blowing to me because he was we were, we were just talking about he works at an alcohol uh, liquor store, and he was saying something like he he still thought like the legal drinking age down here is like eighteen. Which it is up in Canada. It's like 18, it's 19. 19. It depends on the province. Oh, it really? Okay. 18, it's 19 it, like, in BC. Yeah. So he's in um, Alberta. Oh, okay. And he was like, I'm like, dude, you like grew up in the US or whatever. But so he's just like out of touch. It's just so much more, I guess my point is everything's so much more loose and relaxed up there. It is, absolutely. And so are the people. This is really crazy from this article, just to read this real quick. Canadians with links to uh, nascent legal industry, including venture capitalist Sam's Namer and the chief executive of a British Columbian agricultural machinery company have already been given lifetime entry bans into the United States. So literally can never come over here, which is just ridiculous. But they said that border officials are not going to start asking every single person who comes through if they have smoked weed before or something like that. It's not going to be just like a standardized question or something Mm -hmm. but if they have like if the conversation leads to that or if they smell weed coming in your car if you're driving through customs they will not let you in so that's just kind of that's just like common sense 101 definitely i just this zero tolerance thing is kind of ridiculous it's a little it's a little ridiculous in this day and age so what you were saying about how it's commercially legal up there it's funny because the hemp industry is commercially legal in the u.s but they still want to crack down. There's this weird. Well, it's not weird. It's money. It's, it's yeah, the it's paper a money industry. Th- it's a money thing, but it's the hemp, in- the commercial hemp, because we have an exciting new sponsor that we'll talk about here in a week with some CBD oil. Mm-hmm. But I was looking it up, and it's legal in pretty much every state. To CBD, it. I think, is CBD nationally legal though? 
I don't know. I couldn't sure. really find it, but basically it's legal if it's commercially grown. Mm. So that's fine. Like nobody cares. So basically the U.S. only cares about cracking down on illegally grown stuff that they can't profit off of because of lobbyism. Lobbyists. Yeah. More or less. Which we all know. This is not surprising news. Yeah, I know. That's again, fuck these guys. Yeah. Fucking So idiots. anyway, I moved to Canada. No, honestly, Canada is really cool. I had never been prior to going to Kelowna a few weeks ago, which I think I talked about on the last podcast a little bit. But this last weekend, I got to go to Victoria and play at Rifflandia, which was really fun. I went out and did the Westwood Recording Showcase and hung out with the Funk Hunters a little bit and Great. got to hang out with Shiloh and um, Dopra Spinfree, um, Jordan Hutchinson, which is the TM for the Funk Hunters. Dopra Spinfree is such a great name. But that show was great. It was sold out. And there's just like, so like, I think Riff Lanny has boat? like 5,000 people. No, that was the next oh, night. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Jump so um, that night was fantastic. That That show sold out. And then the next morning I had to be up early AF to go to the airport and fly to Alberta. Then I flew to Calgary and hopped in a whip and we drove four hours south, literally to the border of Montana, um, which is like crazy because I'm like, right. I was like right by my parents sort of. And we actually ended up getting lost on the way and stuck in the mud. And we had to walk around and try to find service so we could send an SOS to the festival to get a truck to come pick us up. And then after a few hours of just sitting in the car, drinking beers, waiting to be rescued, we were. And I went over to this thing called Fozzie Fest in Grasmere, which by the time we'd driven four hours south, we were in British Columbia again. I played this thing called Fozzie Fest, which was fantastic. I got to stay on this crazy houseboat on Lake Kukanusa, which fun fact, Kukanusa came about because it's also a a falls over in that area. Mm. And it extends into Montana and British Columbia. So BC and Montana had a contest several, several years ago to name the lake and the falls. And it comes off the Kootenai River. So the winning contest name was Kukanusa, which is Ku for Kootenai, Can for Canada, and Usa for USA. So Kukanusa, Lake oh, Kukanusa, Kukanusa that Falls. Sense. That's cool. Yeah. So that was cool. And then that festival was wild. It was super fun. I got to hang out a little bit with Father Funk and um, Kaz Tech and see Danny Bird, which is an awesome D&B artist, if you're into that thing, uh, he totally slayed it. And then this is something really interesting I wanted to talk about really quick. When we were driving back from Grasmere up to Calgary, you drive through Alberta, and there's this thing in Alberta called Frank's Slide. And basically, Frank's Slide is here. I, I'll just Wikipedia it for you so I can say it as concisely as possible. The Frank Slide was a rock slide that buried part of the mining town of Frank in the Northwest Territories in Canada. And so basically you're like driving down the interstate and on all of a sudden on either side, you're surrounded by some of the hugest mountains I've ever seen. On either side, there's like 50 feet tall of rubble surrounding you for like a half a mile. And you're wondering like what, the biggest rocks I've ever seen too. Like you're wondering what happened there. So it's like downtown Minneapolis or construction? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. But yes, but the... The mountain that's right above to your left, or whatever, it depends what direction Which you're going, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, to yeah. my left was, it looked like, you know, obviously there had been a huge, like half of the mountain had cracked off and slid down the hill. And apparently, yeah, so this happened in 1903, and um, apparently 82 million, okay, so to back up really quick, 
basically this nor- the moral of the story here is that a bunch of white people came down and were like, hey, there's tons of coal in this mountain. Let's mine it and make money and build a settlement here. And the Native Americans were like, yo, don't do that. That's stupid. You, this is hollow ground and like, it's scary and it's not safe ground to be building like a settlement on. And the white people were like, nah, we know what we're doing and we're going to make some fucking money. Right. So I feel like this is like a drunk history episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to make some money. Okay. So they built a settlement at the bottom of this mountain. And then at 4.10 a.m. on April 29th, 1903, 82 million tons of limestone rock slid down Turtle Mountain in 100 seconds and completely buried the entire town. Whoa. And none of the bodies have ever been recovered at all. Whoa. And then they built an interstate through the middle of the entire thing. So wow. you're surrounded by 900 dead bodies Ghosts. on either side of you and underneath you. Ghost highway. Isn't that just crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. I so, want to go. And, you know, even that, so more So you said funny, that's north of Calgary, on, like on the way to Banff? South. South, okay. Yeah, it's it's probably about halfway, I would say. It's in Crow's Nest Pass. Okay. So anyway, that was crazy. I had no idea about that. There's your little tidbit of cool Canadian wow. history. Geography. Yeah. Canadian um, geography. And then the last thing that we had to slate out today was something just weird that happened recently. Yeah, what? Paul Oakenfold was the oh, yes. first DJ ever allowed to play at Stonehenge. Yeah, I uh, I read a little bit about that, but it seems rather odd that nobody else has done that before, because that seems like a thing that somebody would have done in the 70s. You know, I'd agree with that. That makes me think of that crazy photo in like Bangkok or something of Pink Floyd playing, or no, it's in Venice, that photo of them playing on like a floating oh, giant stage and the, there's just like millions of boats and people everywhere. Oh, like, I thought you were the talking, 70s. they did a they did a, a concert DVD called Live Live at Pompeii, where they played for at, on the ruins of Pompeii as well in the oh, 70s. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's really cool. Well, there you go. This is exactly what I'm but talking they about. Played, it was cool because it was a concert, they had it all set up and they played to nobody. Really? Yeah, it's a really, it's kind of a cool thing. It's kind of a cool thing. When I was younger, I didn't really understand it. Like, because I was like, wait, why is this live? <laughs> I bet it'd be cool here? just for the fact of thinking like, God, I wonder how many people are going to regret not coming to this, you know? You know what they say? People, I think, I think some people think that Pink Floyd is overrated. They're not. That's my info. <laughs> That's my info. Have they're you seen not. them live? No. They're, Do they, they play? No, they're broken up. Hit how long? Since... Well, the last... Do you know any fun tidbits about Pink Floyd? I, oh, man. Yeah. Go, it, go, go. Everybody knows all this stuff. It's no, like talking about... I don't know anything about it. illegal, I man. just asked you if they're still touring, okay? Roger Waters tours. He's the bassist and singer. And David Gilmore tours as well separately. He was a guitarist and singer. Roger Waters left the group in like the 80s. And Gilmore continued on with Pink Floyd for, I think, a couple albums into the 90s. And then they've kind of just been doing their own thing ever since. They play a lot of Pink Floyd songs mm-hmm. at their respective okay. shows. Uh, Is that normal? Like, do most like solo acts that break off from like super successful former bands play their old like Paul McCartney, for example? Do you think he does he play Beatles songs? When Absolutely, he, plays? he does. Yeah? Okay. yeah, for sure. When you're that legendary, people want to hear it. And yeah, definitely. I was just wondering if it's like taboo or if they're just like I don't know. Salty I guess or, it's, sure it's probably different in each situation yeah, and scenario. Say, but definitely. I mean, Pink Floyd is so legendary. Both of those guys wrote, you know, infamous songs, and they play them. It's their song. You know, they're playing each other's songs. They both did vocals on it. It's they're both were like top notch musicians. David Gilmour is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Cool. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to go see Gilmore 
or I'm not a huge Roger Waters fan. I'd rather see Gilmore because I'm a guitar player, but the tickets are so expensive whenever they tour. It's insane. I keep confusing Roger Waters with Roger uh, Rogers and who's that duo? Mr. Rogers? Yes, Mr. Rogers. No, there's a duo, Rogers and something. They're super funky. Like, ro- fuck. I know, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, I know. I can't think of it right now. Hold on, we'll, we'll delete this, but Rogers and, or something and Rogers. Oh, um, Zap and Roger? Yes. You're thinking of Zap? Yes, okay. Oh, yeah. No, Whenever I Roger think Waters. of Roger Waters, all I think of is Roger, Roger Trout. Roger Troutman, yeah, that's what you're thinking of. He's What's their big. hit song? Their big... Zap, More Bounce of the Ounce. Oh, more bounce. He did all the uh, he did all the vocoder stuff. Yeah, and he yeah. Did it, he, There's a cool fact about that. You were telling yeah, me that. Yeah, he was uh, the the vocoder guy on um, shit. What is that? Roger. Roger, Roger Troutman was? was on that uh, the Death Row song. Welcome everybody to the wild wild west. And also, didn't they do California? That's what I'm saying. That's the same song. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't yeah. think of what is it? California Love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you didn't know that. Now you know. Now you know. Go look up Zap because they kick ass. Yeah, go look up Zap. Two P's. Oh, two P's. Two P's, mofos. Anyway, all right. Else well, we, gotta talk um, about today? we got an awesome guest that we want to... We got to do album of the week first. Okay. All right, I guess we have circled around here to the good old... Album of the week! Thank you, Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, think love that's one of my just, I love that he just shows singles. up just for that part every week. I know. I yeah. Just, <laughs> I thanks, love Joel. How, bye. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye. <laughs> do, do like the horse running. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite parts about having a podcast is getting to make all the little jingles and shit. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Album of the week. All right. So, what's your album of the week? <laughs> uh, my album of the week is called Pledge. Ooh. Lemon Pledge. Lemon Pledge. We need more lemon I feel like that sounds gross. No, it's called Pledge. It's by this four chick duo that I found out about recently called the Sorority. Wait, four chick duo? Yeah, four chicks. Four chicks. Oh my god. I'm an idiot. (laughs) I'm keeping that in there. No, I hate you. Okay. Okay. No, you can take that. I'm kinda hungover everybody. I'm sorry. I'll edit that. The the four person duo. Uh The sorority. No, it's these four MCs that are super badass. They're very reminiscent to me of TLC and S&P. So if you like Salt and Pepper, TLC, any of that like old school 90s R&B kind of stuff, this is for you. They kind of it's like a modernized version combination of hip hop and R&B and it's four chicks. They sing like mofos, they rap super their MC technique is bomb. Uh you should peep them out. What about you, Pat? My album of the week is by a band called Muse. Ooh. It's an EP, actually. I saw Muse with Passion Pit at the Target Center. Did you really? About 10 years ago. I've seen, I saw Muse at the Target Center as well, but it wasn't with Passion Pit, and, but they were awesome. Yeah. I became wow. a fan after seeing them. I, I, my friend Rebecca worked for Warner Brothers, which is their record label, mm. and she just gave me a free ticket kind of last minute. And I went, and I was totally blown away. That's awesome. And I mean, then, their stuff is so epic; it's not surprising. A lot of my, yeah, yeah, right. But it's a very particular. They have a very particular like sound. Oh, definitely. I some of my friends at work. I was telling them about this EP, and they they weren't fans. They were kind of like laughing me out the door. 
because they think Muse is overrated. Really? Too many arpeggios. They don't like the arpeggios. Oh, man. Okay. But these are music. This is Minneapolis music snobbery to yeah. its finest. You know? I think X-Meg is like the sexy, non-vocal version of Muse. So, I, I get that vibe for Just the imagery. Epicness. The imagery is about kind of about the same. Is it? I never thought about that. But it's, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. this, it, I guess technically it's called a single. It's a four-track single called The Dark Side. Something human, okay. thought contagion. Do you want to explain to people why it's still a single? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of gray area. And it was, okay, before I get into that, well, I'll just say uh, it's called The Dark Side, Something Human, Thought Contagion, Dig Down. Four track. You can find it on Spotify or whatever you listen to by Muse. So those are our albums of the week. And now I'll talk about that. So single, EP, LP. Um, a single when it first came out back in the day was one side of a small 45 album and 45 is a diameter in speed that is played at mm-hmm. on your record player. And then there was the B side, which is the backside. I feel like a lot of people already know this, but for those I who don't, I didn't know that B side so for that. So it's the backside of the single, the A side, front side, B side, backside. Mm-hmm. And as technology got a little bit better and you had cassettes, you could store more data on there. So singles started being like, it still was like side A, side B for a cassette. Uh, when CDs started coming out, I guess is when singles maybe had like three tracks. Um, but there's, a, like I said, there's a lot of gray area. And then EP stands for extended play. And that's LP what I'm looking at right stands now stands for long Wiki. play. And that's so confusing because extended and long. Right. But... What I'm reading right now about it, and I'm what sure is this, you're about a to say this, commercial? <laughs> is that, yeah, it just seemed to be based on area. what was able to be stored on the sizes of vinyls. So smaller mm-hmm. vinyls were referred to as EPs, and the bigger, like normal 12-inch was referred to as the LP, because yep. it could hold more. And so yep. essentially just based on the data that one could hold is how EPs became known as like the shorter version. So it's right. EP is technically anything between a single and an album. Mm-hmm. And now that we have we have CDs, which I think like the traditional CD stores, what, 78 minutes? So that's why you have a lot of uh, rap albums that are just crammed with like 27 songs, a lot of filler. They just fill it up. Or like 40 songs. It wasn't Drake's last album, like 40 songs. Yeah, but that's probably like a double CD. Yeah, yeah you call it a double. LP, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, nowadays with technology being where we can store as much as we want, you can have a band like Muse calling this a four-track single. You could even have like a 13-track full album and call it a single for, you know, just for semantics. Yeah, if you I mean, to. honestly, it is such a gray area it's these days. Area. I see people putting out things they're calling albums that have seven songs on them and yeah. people putting out EPs that have nine. So it's like, I guess I whatever. Would, what I would, how I would think of it personally. I feel like EPs are just like ideas and maybe a glimpse into the future. Whereas yeah. an album is like a fully realized conceptual. It's a yeah. It's one, a full, it's a it's full, full story. Yeah. It's a full package, complete or it package. should be anyway. Should be. But you, I think you can do that with singles as well. If you have like two I or three, totally agree. two or three tracks that really vibe with each other, put the, put that out as a single or put that out as an EP. And then there's also the thought process where some people will release an EP bands of the album and you might have five tracks on the EP, and two of those will be on the album. So it's kind of like a teaser. It's like a hype machine for the full-length album. But again, in the modern marketplace, 
I think that's kind of a moot point because new music is being released daily. Yeah. And, and this is interesting. Short attention spans and whatnot. What I'm just reading here talks about how EPs weren't common. So smaller vinyls weren't common in the US or Canada for a long, long time. They were more widely used in the United Kingdom. And it wasn't even until like the 60s that a sort of billboardy chart was even made for EPs and single projects. Before that, it was solely for album work. So they didn't even used to have right. like the billboard top 100 tracks. It was right. the billboard or whatever, you know, albums only. And not until the 60s did they start accepting like singles or EPs into right. that. And then, yeah, the Beatles, Twist and Shout won the first or outsold for most singles and topped the chart for the first time in 1963. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I hope you didn't know either. It's an interesting rabbit hole to go down, but it it's cool history. I think in today's landscape, it, music, it, it can be what you make it, whatever you want it to be. Yeah, definitely. We live in a time where fashion like fashion has always been pretty cyclical the bell bottoms and stuff coming back in the 90s that kind of 70s hippie vibe coming back in the 90s uh then in the 2000s there was this 80s reboot and now anything goes if you want to look like you could dress like the quaker oat guy and people would be like oh there's just that guy he dresses like i was talking about that like with artists like as an artist it's like it's like you can wear pretty much anything you want and Anybody someone will be like, wear. oh, how artsy yeah, I know, or whatever. Right? Like you can wear they like think... the most ridiculous combination of things you could possibly find in your closet and go out and play a show and people will be like, oh, oh he edgy. just knows a lot about fashion. But, you know, honestly, it's beneficial for me because as someone who's always felt like I never had any sort of sense of fashion at all. Now that has come back to like be a good thing, sort of, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. My lack of being able to match patterns or buy clothes that go together as outfits is something that I think has sort of like, I don't know, built me as a, or as part of my brand, maybe. So maybe not knowing how to dress myself has become beneficial over the yeah. years, but it took lots of being made fun of to get here. And I, so. I'm, happy, I'm happy with it because I can roll out of bed wearing the same t-shirt I wore yesterday. And not tell anyone if yeah. I don't see the same people. Well, even if I see the same people, <laughs> they'd be like, hey, didn't you wear that shirt yesterday? And I would just say, hey, you don't know anything about fashion. Do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, good luck with that. Let me know how that goes next time. Anyway, we get to have a super cool guest this week. We got Mr. Andrew Frost, TM4, Sun Squabby, Michael Mennert, production manager, stage manager for 515 Alive, and credential, 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 credential. Assistant, assistant TM for Grizz. Oh, yeah. If you've ever heard of him. Yeah. I, who's Chris? I don't know. It's a, some other project that he works with. Does he play the trumpet? Our guest, Andrew Frost. Our first guest tonight is... Introducing special guests. Let's do this. You're listening to Green Room Podcast. Hey, this is Frost. This is the Green Room Podcast. Why can't we just hang around here for a while today?
Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Green Room Podcast interview with Andrew Frost. Misty Frosta. You're good at your job. That's why you're on our podcast. I met Frost as a TM, a tour manager for, I think, Sun Squabby or something at 515 for the first time. But you work with yeah. a bajillion people. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Well, the time that we met at 515, I was there as the production manager and stage manager. Oh, for my bad. So, yeah. BFD, I was working BFD. for the festival with a student named Dan Green, who I love very much. Dan He's Green. A great guy. Ele- what is it? Elevated Life. You. Elevated Life. Yeah. Shout out to Drinking Water. Yeah. It's good for Do you. Do more of it. Have you like, what is it? Like nine, 90% <laughs> of the United States is chronically dehydrated. I think that's just of the world. But uh, yeah. Did you yeah. say chronic? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> who said chronic? <laughs> I would agree with that. I'm definitely chronically dehydrated. Me too. <laughs> I'd agree with that. I think like chronically hungover is part of it. You can only be hungover if you stop drinking. Mm. Shit. Words that's where by. I went wrong this morning. Yeah. Out here dropping knowledge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that's cool. So you were, uh, how'd you, were you always TMing before that or did you just kind of um, start TMing with people? Actually, um, production stuff. Working with the festival, I did that before I really started tour managing like full time. I used, so I used to live out in Iowa and started going to shows with uh, with my friend Dan Green, and he he purchased this festival like six years ago, um, and has like had a lot of success with it since, exponentially growing, like doubling in size almost every year. Yeah, that just happened like two weeks ago, right? Uh, it's about a month. Yeah, ago. yeah, oh, they really? just uh, they just had their their latest one featuring Bass Nectar and Future. Oh, Bass Nectar, yeah, we'll bring the that only up time later. you're going to hear me shout them out. <laughs> yeah, he's been having quite a whirlwind of interaction these days. But anyway, so yeah, what do you have coming up on uh, tours that you're going to be doing working with in the next couple months here or this? The well, remainder now, of the um, summer. Most of my time gets taken up by tour managing and uh, working right now pretty much just with uh, two artists. I, I work with Sun Squabby as their tour manager. And uh, then when I don't have a gig with Sun Squabby or there's not overlapping times, I work with this artist called Grizz as well as the assistant tour manager for their crew. Tight. So do you want to explain what those sort of entail a little bit for what, people that don't know what, what a, a tour PM manager really does? Is, or? Yeah. Typically, a tour manager deals with logistics. That's a blanket term to cover problem solving before problems happen, just putting, putting things in the right place before, uh, before the show happens. Sometimes uh, that includes travel. Uh, sometimes that includes like hotels, making sure the band gets paid, making sure the venue has everything the band needs to to perform the show and that uh, all the exchange of information that between the band and the venue or event has happened uh, in, in a timely manner. Cool. Yeah. Shout out to all the TMs out there mm-hmm. that are dope for real. People mm-hmm. don't even realize, I feel like a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. We kind of talk about that on this podcast yeah. a lot. That thinks people think that things just kind of pop off when really there's so many moving pieces and moving cogs to the machinery and everything. And TMs are such a helpful part of that and getting 
that advance and getting that information that you need and just not having to deal with it is makes just playing a show such a better experience in general. Right. It, well, it takes a team, you know, like everyone has a job to do and if they don't do their job, the show doesn't go smooth. Mm-hmm. And we've seen um, that and, and a million times. And people go to the show might not notice that, but you know, if they didn't do their job, the people going to the show would notice. Yeah. If people are, if, if people are noticing anything, uh, a hitch in the show, then that maybe means the tour manager didn't Unfortunately, do though, about that, like we were also just talking about with, with sound guys, not to bl- put them on blast by any means, but just how sometimes like when do things go or when things do go wrong, people's initial reaction isn't, oh, it must be the TM or it must be the sound guy. It's, oh, it's that band. They suck. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. yeah so... <laughs> 99% of people who go to a show don't really have a, a full grasp on what's going on. Like, that sounds really It definitely really takes a while. It, it doesn't know. <laughs> no, it really true, takes though. a while, even no, when you're true. in the industry. It took me so long to learn, like, what the duties of an agent was, opposed to a manager, and then opposed to a TM, and a stage production manager, and then production well, manager, and la, 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 la. It's just like, you, you like, have to be in if it. If you're going to see, like, a magic show... And you don't know how the tricks are done, and one of the tricks doesn't go as smooth, but the same, the end result is the same. You might not even notice, mm-hmm. but the person performing the trick knows, and they're pissed about it. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. It that's is really funny analogy. sometimes. Yeah, that's a great one. It's funny to see, like when you watch homies, and not to say that I watch homies fuck up all the time, but once in a blue moon, you'll see just a, a someone you know well enough to know that they're pissed off up there because yeah. something that they did was like so infinitesimally small of a mistake that only you might notice it because you're on tour with them for the 50th mm-hmm. show that you've seen them. And it you happens. see them, them make that pissed off face. Yeah. And you're oh, just like, so oh, often. I'm the only one that knows. Yeah, I, I do that all the time with like when we go out to shows and I watch in the, a band has a guitarist, right? And Megan, you do this all the time when we go out to shows and there's a DJ and you hear like a little screw up in the transition that I ne- I wouldn't hear. Nobody else in the audience didn't hear. Ninety nine point nine percent of people didn't hear, and you're like, "Oh, they're so mad!" And like, you yeah. see them like wince a little bit. Get off stage, and they'll be like, oh, "I fucking train wrecked." Yeah, yeah, and then like, but everybody in the audience, uh, you know, nobody cares. Nobody noticed it. I see the right. same thing with like guitar players. I'm like, "Oh, he just hit that that note a little dull," and like they they just have that split second. No, like thing it's like on their a blessing and a curse though you know like, it's nice to be able to know what's going on out there but at the same time I, w- I wish i could just enjoy it like i feel like the people around me are and they're not sitting there being like oh did you hear that that was fucked up 100 <laughs> percent. like i said it's like going to a magic show except going to a magic show where you know all the tricks <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah. okay i know what's gonna happen and oh he fucked that up mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've been having my. I need to get a new cable for my controller. It keeps dropping out. Really? DJ Tech Tools, get it together. Damn. Take care of your cables. Take care of your cables, kids. You have cables like your phone charger or like a video game console controller cord or something. Take care of them. Yep. Learn how to wrap them correctly. It'll save you money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't lose them. Be anal about. I'm very anal about my. The over under. Have you heard of the over under? He's like the Church of Latter Day over under. Yeah, if you wrap your cables all just around in a circle, you're doing it wrong. 
Shout out Dan Green. Shout out Jess Campione. She just moved to Denver. Did she really? Yeah. Good yeah. for her to go hang out with the Graham Yabroff because they're like oh, that's right. wifed up and shit. Yeah, and bro, he awesome. runs like the <laughs> Aggie or whatever. Yeah. Well, he, he helps run the Aggie or does shit at the Aggie. Yeah, yeah. he's like the production manager over there. Shout out there to the Aggie. Go, bada boom. I love yeah. that place. Yeah, the Aggie really nice. was a blast. I've only played there one time with Oh, that was wild. Uh, shout out to Brie Long, who throws all of the stuff in FOCO. But... Oh, the Return Tuesdays and stuff? Yeah. So so for like one of the first ret- Return Tuesdays they ever did that they took across the street from Hody's into the Aggie was when I got to go play there with Break Science. So it was super cool to hang out with Borman yeah. Deitch because I don't ever really had, get to uh, see them. Laserbeak doing the light show, yeah, and, which was um, super tight. Laserbeak? That's that like his... a Minneapolis producer. They laser had Laser Shark. shark. Laser Shark, Laserbeak. That there's... was pretty cool. Well, there's a lot of lasers yeah. going on, and it was really cool. Anyway, laser animals. so tight. Yeah. Laser animals. <laughs> <laughs> do you do any lighting work? Have you ever done any of that? I've been I've been a grunt for an LD before on tour. That was one of my first jobs. Really? What tour? It was the Power and Numbers tour, I think. What is... Is that like Jurassic Five? No, it it was uh, Grizz. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So a hot minute ago. Damn. Wow. I think that was Power Numbers tour. I don't know, but we had a pretty large scale lighting rig that we were touring with. I had never done any kind of like lighting work, but Ian Davis was the LD there with that tour. He still works with them, but we had these things called set carts where basically. All the fixtures are like set up and wired and hung on these giant carts that weigh like 2,000 pounds. And we had four of them. And like each one is just laced with fixtures. So every day I had to go like push these things. We pushed them into place. And then I had to like straighten all of the fixtures and tighten them down to make sure that they lined up. And then we like cranked this thing and they went like 10 feet up in the air as well. They like expanded upwards. It was really crazy. Whoa. Damn. All that stage stuff is crazy. And like the Skyway Theater here in Minneapolis, I don't know if you've been a part of a show there before, but they have no elevator into the main stage. So I've had them have to completely, (laughs) or I've seen them have to like completely take apart everything on the light trusses for like excision shows and stuff that they bring stuff in when they have like, four semis on these tours and have they have to completely strip the trusses off and rebuild basically everything just so they can like lift it over this staircase and get it into the room oh it's fucked up like these set cards like i said they weigh like some of them weigh like 800 to 1500 pounds or more maybe not 2000 that's a lot (laughs) but like we definitely had to have 10 people help pick one of these things up at i think we were in we were the catalyst in Santa Cruz. They don't have a ramp. And we had to like lift it up onto the stage. It's yeah. really dangerous. So Dude, speaking of Santa Cruz, we played down there at this very interesting venue once about like three years ago with yeah, what was that? Filibusta. And it was called Bochi's Cellar. Oh yeah. And yeah. it was like Bocce's. Because it was a bocce ball. Okay, Bocce's Cellar. Yeah. And it was like this old school Italian family had started a bocce ball league out of their home in like the 1930s. Yeah. And it's like a house. it became it's like, a, like house. a whole thing 
Well, then they annexed the house like next to it and like behind it. So now it's like this three property commune bar, bocce ball league venue, loose term venue. Venue loosely. But with the dankest Alfredo we've ever had like in our lives. But it was one of the hottest girls I've ever seen. Yeah, super hot bartender. No one came to our show, but. Dude, it was it's so funny because every time people who have been there, I'm like, oh, the hottest girl. And everybody's like eyes oh, light yeah. up and they're like, oh, they're like, I know. Yeah, the blonde one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Immediately. And all of the like the five people that came to see us all said, Hey guys, you should have played at the catalyst. <laughs> so and we're anyway. like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, I, I could have been lifting to- my gear upstairs right now. Well, I like how our, we we didn't really have a sound guy. We get there and there's just a manager there and he's like, yeah, there's like a closet over there. There's some mic stands and shit, I guess. Just go okay, like grab. Okay, like point at us. We'll and like, up, okay. plug it in. Yeah, and like, so we had to like hook it all up, a mixer and plug it all in. And he's like, we, we only had like two microphones. And he's like, yeah, I think people keep just like stealing these microphones on these Tuesday night open jam nights. And I'm like, My God. gosh. Like, what, hey, how do we get ourselves here? If you're going to an open jam night, don't steal the equipment from the venue. Yes, please. It just ruins it for everybody yeah. else. Or there will not be any more open jam nights. Dude, yes. open jam night at Herb's in Denver. Is yeah. that on Monday nights? Mondays or Wednesdays. Or I, like I haven't been there. I go to one sometimes. Um, it's right by my house. It's at the local 46 on Tuesdays. Ooh. I've heard good things about That's that place. That's another one we'll have to hit it's up. It's fun. Because we had a blast at Herb's. Yeah. Hey, hold this on a second. There's an awesome like, seven-string bass player. Like, Building birdhouses or something across the street with power tools. <laughs> Who the fuck a- builds a birdhouse on a Tuesday? Must be a big bird. I didn't know what day it was. I just said a random day, but you I got it right. It's Tuesday. I okay. nailed that. No more birdhouse noises. No, no. So I have all the windows in my house open right now. I'm dog sitting. My roommates are in Costa Rica. Shout out to Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Real. But the dog went outside a couple days ago and got sprayed in the face by a skunk. Oh no! I've heard horror stories about this. It was the it was the worst. It was. Did it was, you barf? It was pretty heinous. Did you barf? Yeah, a lot. I threw up a bunch of times. Really? Yeah. So like she came oh running my God. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck's wrong?" All the hair on her back's like standing up. Then <laughs> oh I smelled like. Death at first, and dying. Not, well, no, it wasn't like it wasn't like what you think when you think skunk smell. Huh. It was at first. It was like um, someone had smashed rotten garlic right underneath my nose. Ooh. It was uh, over like burning my nose. It was fucked up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my I God. told her to go outside. She didn't like touch anything, you know, but she was in the house for like five seconds <laughs> then i couldn't go in the house for six hours I, I threw up like three times trying to open up all the windows oh so how, did and, you uh, did how did you fix out it in front of my house they stood outside for like six hours they make like skunk shampoo really i mm-hmm. always heard like tomato juice or tomato sauce yeah, yeah our friend chloe came in and helped and gave her a bath and she doesn't smell like skunk as much anymore I've heard that that lasts like days, though. Yeah, that was Saturday. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I'm Uh, sorry that that happened. That was your weekend. Yeah, that (laughs) sucked for like, you know, 
Everything's fine now. So before we actually hit record, we were having some good conversations about uh, rappers. I thought beef. right when you just said this again that you were trying to say that like before we record. Yeah, that would oh, have been no. 18 minutes. And I was wasted. like, yeah, I'm minutes. gonna fucking kill you. No, no, I hit record <laughs> this time. We got it. It's going. But oh, we were talking shit. about you were like you were exposing my mind to some new rap beef between one of the greatest and arguably I don't want to say one of the worst because that sounds mean, but definitely Somebody not, not of, as one of the worst i wouldn't put him that far down the chain no i yeah that's like, just that's the wrong way to say it but just arguably one of the greatest versus arguably not one of the greatest th- that's accurate <laughs> yeah um yeah, so what's Eminem going on in the rap world is pretty entertaining to me right now i'm, I'm pretty uh yeah i'm following it pretty closely so so what's so it's Eminem and MGK. Correct. This meme literally just popped up on my feed. That's just it looks like Keenan with headphones on and he has them attached to a dumpster. And it says, When someone tells me to listen to that MG or Eminem disc by MGK. Right. It sounds like trash. Basura. Garbage water. Um, it does sound like he recorded it on like a Blackberry. Or something <laughs> like audio wise, <laughs> it sounds not that good at all. It's one of those one of those old Nextel brick phones, as they say. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that struggling artist phone that you know, like you could play Snake, and I think that's the only game that comes. That's on it. Comes comes with great games like Snake, like Snake and Snake faster. <laughs> so basically, like MGK brought up something about Eminem's daughter. Yeah, he he uh tweeted that You can't talk about Haley like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. I won't even say her name. <laughs> <laughs> but he tweeted he tweeted something about her like that she was hot. Yeah, she was like hot. That. And he was not cool with that. Oof. You know, he's a dad and he's crazy. So. Right. <laughs> Those are death words to Eminem. Yeah. Right. You know, and the last time somebody talked about Eminem's daughter, it was like, remember Ja Rule? (laughs) (laughs) No, who's that? Is that the one that went? (laughs) That's why you got to say member because like he, you know, kind of fell off. But Eminem dissed uh, MGK back in this track called Not Alike and Actually, a few other songs in this album. He this is a lot of people, but MGK is the only one that had the balls to, you know, respond. Which I will give him that. But like that, give him credit for that. Up. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So it's like this new Eminem album is what is it called? Kamikaze or something like that? Or yes. So it's like Kamikaze. It has the same artwork. I haven't listened to it, but it has the same artwork as the old BC Boys album. Very communication. Similar. Very similar. Yeah. Is there like any story behind that that you know of? Because I haven't read anything about it yet. If I had to guess, I would think it's just uh, him paying tribute. Yeah, just an homage, more or less. That's cool. I mean, because people talk about Eminem like, oh, he broke the world open for white rappers. But like before him, there was Beastie Boys. Shit, even Marky Mark was before Eminem. That's true. That's true. Damn. Shout out to Good Vibrations. Good Vibrations, yeah, and the Funky Bunch. Don't forget about them. 
That was uh, was that that was Mark Wahlberg, and that was his brother too, right? Is that Donnie Wahlberg? Donnie, wasn't that? Donnie. So like they, who no drugs thought? in their body, Donnie. <laughs> so if you go, if you think about it, you go back into when was the Good Vibrations? It's like nineteen ninety two or something. Ninety three, yeah, probably maybe like even before that. Ninety two. And now they own hamburger hamburger franchises. Wahlburgers. The Wahlburgers. How about that? It's so science, kids like guys. your science. rap dreams can get you a real dro- a real job one day. Let the lesson be learned. Yeah, keep writing bars. You could own a hamburger stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's made out with very hot celebrity women that are like half his age. Mark oh, Wahlberg. Yeah, he's doing yeah. just fine. I mean, like that's what he became. Yeah. He started a burger like franchise and then he somehow convinced all of Hollywood to let him make out with ex- all the hot women that are half his age. Does he have no, a, no, 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 no. He has a fucking he movie a with Mila Kunis. That's right. That was, uh, yeah, that new was Donnie Kids on the Wahlberg. Block was in sync before in sync was in sync. That's right. That's they were right. the first like white boy band. That's right. That's right. They, they were, were like, they were basically the response to new edition. They, they were like, oh. White America's response. You had Michael Jackson, and then you had the new kids on the block. For like mm-hmm. two years, it was like that. <laughs> Dude, I remember when I was like in kindergarten or preschool, my uh, best friend who lived down the street, his, he had an older sister who we thought were like really cool because she was like in middle school. And her room was just plastered with new kids on the block posters. The fucking Wahlberg brothers, they, they've been raking it in since they were prepubescent. Damn, dude. Okay, when I said half his age, I over-exaggerated because he's like 48 and she's 35. Who? Those dudes are talking swimming in ass. Mila Kunis and Mark Wahlberg. Are they dating? No, they just got to make out and stuff in oh. that movie Ted. And also like Kristen Bell, he gets to make out with all the hotties. Let me ask you this. Do you think Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, got any Hollywood action because he owned a hamburger stand? Dude, no way. Oh, just, His was probably much quicker and actually, convenient and came in the sh- shape of a square. <laughs> that dude definitely got laid because of his hamburgers. For sure. There's, For it's sure. 100%. There's no way he did not capitalize. <laughs> what on, about Ronald What about Ronald McDonald? Can you imagine yourself doing that, though? You're at like a networking party and you realize that you're like trying to go over Dave well, I mean, Wendy's. I just realized it's a little more fucked up because he named that burger stand after his daughter. So Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Oh, okay. Let's Conspiracy. just backpedal here. It's a dark. <laughs> yeah, things, things just got weird. That's really funny. Oh, my God. You know, speaking of redheaded girls, what happened to Matilda? Who? She's still alive. Matilda didn't have red hair. She didn't? No, yeah. You're thinking of... Um, I don't even believe y'all. You're thinking of Pippi Longstocking. No, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Or like Raggedy Ann. Matilda had... Okay, she yeah. had a red bow, or and her Donna. hair is kind of red. Yeah, you're thinking of Hot Donna. Ooh, hot, shout Donna. Out to hot Donna. All right, yeah, shout out Hot Donna. What's her name? The new season of Orange Is the New Black with Laura Bomb. Prepon. Is that dude? Her name? What did you just say? I've I said that say to anything. myself so many times that Maddie O'Neill is Hot Donna. Maddie O'Neill is Hot Donna. There, there you heard. No way. Yes. Yes. No, totally. Shout out to Hot Donna. Hot Donna. She's still looking hot, even in jail. She doesn't have red hair anymore. I guess it's prison. Excuse me. It's super fucked up prison. (laughs) Super fucked up prison. I think that's all prison. I can't watch that show. I tried. 
Sexist. Yep, must be. It's cool. <laughs> Women go to jail too, bro. It's 2019. Sorry, guys. Sorry, all the listeners Sexist. out there. Sexist. <laughs> okay, so so spill here. Okay, sir. I spill what you can. Everyone's freaking out here about what's going on with Grizz. And I guess I haven't even looked at his like Instagram lately, which oh, I yeah, think he is deleted where everything he's being at all point. ominous. But can I you say, can you shed any light? That's all. Just being a human? Yeah. He's really happy right now. It's pretty tight. Well, that's really good to hear. He d- Yeah, I know he was doing like some posts with some like letters on them recently. People were freaking out about, but now it seems to be all um, gone again. I think the message that he sent out was, it said, um, you are infinite. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I just didn't know if you had any light to shed on that situation. I expect some new stuff from him lately. He looks like he's... All of my interactions with Grant recently have been really great. He's in an awesome place, and uh, it's really cool to be able to see one of your friends get time like that to create things that he really cares about. You know, not just art, but like just his house. He's able to he's spending some time at home and like creating a home for himself there. That's awesome. That's really you cool. know making new art, not just music. You know, just creating, and he's really it's cool to see him so stoked about it. That's like great. touring That's is great. hard and like he's been doing it a long time for a long mm-hmm. time straight without a lot of breaks. You know, this mm-hmm. year was light for him. I think he did like 16 shows, but all of that was pretty much in the summertime. <laughs> right. And yeah, he had like, it's gotta be tough too for him because he's still really young, right? Like 25, 26 ish. Yeah. I think he's, he's definitely younger than I am. He's like 20, which like most of everyone is younger than I am these days. Yeah, I feel the same. Way. I feel the same way. But he's like, twenty-eight, y'all. Oh, he's twenty-eight. He 28? Well, but he's yeah, he's my age, I guess. But he's been doing it for a long, long time, and like lots of shows for a long time, probably for like yeah. eight years now. Since so, like all of his twenties has just been him out grinding, and like Megan and I, we've talked about this on the on the podcast before. Uh, even even nowadays, when you do have like a tour manager and you're big enough to have that, you still got to be responsible for yourself and. When you're going out and you have to be in a new city or a new at a new festival every day for you know, especially in the summer, you kind of have to have some sort of self responsibility compared to if you go back into like the quote heyday of rock and roll when all these bands were just getting fucked up every night. Well, it's and really they easy had, to like, do a, that. a manager really to babysit easy. them. That's that's why it's so hard these days yeah. is that you have to have responsibility because it's so easy to still do that. Well, it's like, well, do you want to do what is easy and do what everyone else is doing? Or do you want to be the band that made it through that shit because yes. you realize that that's what was important? Yes, absolutely. And I don't think it used to be so okay to admit that you are having a problem. And even still now, I mean, if you look at Amy Winehouse and how – Everyone that was around her on that the last tour that she did was telling her management that she was having some extreme issues with her addiction and everything and that she was really like spiraling very quickly. And she just literally called her dad and was like, hey, do I need to go to rehab or not? And he's like, no, if you don't think so, you're good. Mm. And that was like that, you know, she died very shortly after that. So even even if when people are kind of bringing it up and talking about it, just because of for all the sake of money, people are even still trying to 
bury that kind of stuff, which is unfortunate. But I think it's cool that since we're a little bit less commodified being in like the specific genre or I guess whatever you want to call wheelhouse that we're in, I think it's less taboo to talk about that you're feeling depressed or suicidal these days or, you know, whatever. Um, I would agree Manic with that. had a good post about that too, where J-Mac, you know, yeah. came out that he was um, bipolar. So that mm. was really cool to see people coming forward like that. It's cool that people are feeling more comfortable being able to admit that because we do have to leave, live this kind of facade sometimes. That everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would yeah, agree with that as well. You know, like a lot of what we do comes from, you know, like, like why did you start making electronic music? Did you start going to electronic shows before you started making electronic music? Yeah, I did. So, like, that's a party atmosphere, you know? Most concerts are a party atmosphere, but specifically, you know, I feel like a lot of people I meet that are involved with electronic music or, or electronic fusion music uh, started in a place where like, this made me feel good and it was a party and it's something that I want to give to other people. Right. So I feel like it's part of like, you know, drug use is something that is a part of everyone's life at some point. Usually they encounter you know, whether it's them or their friends. And I feel like I don't, um, I don't promote like, like drug use. I would say that, but I don't know. Be responsible. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you yeah, need help, ask it. for it. Check on your strong friends. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't think it's always got to be a party. Right. Definitely. And that's, I that's think- where the, it becomes exhausting. Where I was, what I'm saying is because you go out to, a show, let's say you're whomever, you go play 515 Alive, you have a kick-ass time, but you know you got to be up and your van calls like at 8 a.m. to get to wherever else you got to go, to Kansas City or whatever. And you just had a, a killer show, shut down the festival, everybody's out there partying. You come from that background of being out at electronic shows and having that party atmosphere and there's going to be a part of you or there's going to be like a, a you know devil on your shoulder saying, you know, go out and, and join these people and, and have a killer after party, uh, have a great time. And they're, if, if you're doing that every night, that's exhausting. Yeah. It's absolutely exhausting some, some and unsustainable. You can do it every night, though, and it's wild. Those but it's unsus- I think that's unsustainable in the long run. Uh, I mean, unsustainable is kind of a blanket term. I mean, look at Keith Richards. He's alive. So yeah, that's yeah we need to start thinking about what kind of world we're leaving for Keith Richards, you guys. Right. Yeah, that's true. He's gonna live. He's gonna outlive all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it can't be killed by convention. But you're right. That shit takes a toll. And like I said, when I said it's easy to do, I meant that. It's like you don't have to try hard to find a party. No. But it's it's also, you know, if that's why you're there, then you shouldn't be there. For sure. And I think that applies for for fans or fans or, you know, patrons like music goers and et cetera. I heard this phrase a long time ago about something tangential about being kinky, actually, that kink is a spectrum, not a checklist. And I find that's very relatable when it comes to drug usage, too, because sometimes it can be so prevalent around you that you feel pressured to be obviously trying things that maybe you're not comfortable trying. And that's fine. Whatever's within your spectrum is cool. It's not a checklist. It's not about Mm -hmm. having to do that. That's good to know, to tell myself. That's a really good way to look at that. I like that a lot. With kink too, y'all, you know, it's not a checklist. It's a spectrum. The only uh, kinky that's not on, on my spectrum is, uh, 
kinky vodka. That shit's gross. Uh, that's true. It's a liqueur, actually. That shit's yeah, delicious. Yeah. That's nasty. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying with personal responsibility. I gotta, you know, what's your, my what's your drink of choice, Frost? <laughs> what's your favorite cocktail? A cocktail. I like, uh, just a good whiskey and ginger or whiskey and seven up. Word. That's good. What about that's you, Pat? One. Me? Yeah. Well, lately, just cause I've been working at this tequila bar. I mean, margaritas, like good margarita is really good. That's true. Shaken up with a jalapeno. Yeah, I'd be on this tip every week. I think it's nice drinks, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think if I if I had to pick one, like this is a summer drink though. Like year round, I think I might just go with I, I might have to pick like an old fashioned or something like that. Something where you can taste the whiskey or the huh. booze. I don't know. You enjoy that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dude, the new life hack I've found lately after going to a rise because all the bars are just stocked up to their ears in yerba mate is that the sparkling grapefruit ginger gyaki yerba mate is the best tequila chaser. Or really? mi- not or chaser mixer. necessarily, but mixer yeah. ever. It's the new vodka Red Bull <laughs> without the aspartame. Mm, nice. I know. Look out. I've been drinking tequila pretty regularly. But like as, Dude, as far as a cocktail, I'll drink a whiskey cocktail. But most of the time, I'm just drinking tequila shots. Yep. Yeah, I do. Tequila, like tequila runs too. this industry, I feel like. It's good. Well, it's, it's, it's got uh, that natural stimulant, agave, it. you know? That's yeah. it. That's what keeps us it's all the, going. It's the Red Bull of spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking the, the Mezcal lately. That stuff's too smoky. It's about the it. Sotol. Mezcal, it. you sip. You don't shoot Mezcal. Oh, no, you, you don't shoot it. You sip it. Smoky. It's got legs like wine. That's true. Nice <laughs> legs. Nice legs, Mezcal. I see you. Does it age like Sandra Bullock, though? It does. Ooh. <laughs> it does. Especially if you start adding the, hot, the older she gets. The smokier she gets. The, the older she gets, the more smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <yeah. laughs> People said the same thing about Sally Fields. That's no, true. they didn't. Yes, they did. They yes, did they did not. They do. She looked, she looked really good. They just wanted to bang Forrest Gump's mom. She was looking good, Yo, though, late into her later run, days. Uh, <laughs> She couldn't run a house like that if she wasn't banging. Well, yeah. Is there anything that you want to plug on the way out here? On the way oh, out Oh, we got to get into music recommendations. Yeah, yeah. We got to get your music recs. Listen to Royce the 5'9". Listen to All Royce right. the 5'9". Yeah, I'm down. I'm down with that. Did you like that uh, thing he did with uh, DJ Premier? I forget what yeah, the Prime. project they called themselves. Prime, yeah. Prime, was, and then that was uh, really they cool. just released Prime 2. They did? I'm going to listen to that there. for sure. Also, Royce the 5'9". For us, the Shooter EP, Book of Ryan is the last one that he just put out. Um, man, listen to Race to Five Nine. Probably the most underrated, hip, most talented, underrated hip hop artist that I know of right now. Yeah, what kind of stuff is that? I've never listened. It's a Detroit. He's guy. from Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So he is. I guess uh, I don't know what comes out of that really. It's just okay. So my top my top hip hop artists are like Black Thought, Rakim, KRS One, Big Crit right now is really doing it for me. Dude, Uh, Big Crit's the shit. Nas. What about Immortal Technique? Where does he fall on that scale? Lyrically, he's like up there. He's like Yeah, he he's top notch shit. Him and Eminem 
really kind of go back and forth for me as far as their lyrical ability. Yeah, Marshall is next level. Oh, you mean Marshall? Oh, you mean Sonny? <laughs> See, my thing with Eminem is I, re- I really, really, really respect him. There's a handful of his songs out there that I like, but it's one of those artists that I can never, for whatever reason, I can never really dive right in head first and be all about him, all of his stuff. I feel that. For whatever reason. Some of that yeah. shit sounds really corny, like the way that the music is is put behind the lyrics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, when it like, comes to like lyrical ability, but also it's amazing. He's like it's amazing. Bit extremely sexist and um, Eminem, well, homophobic. That's a, yeah, well, that's never what did it for me because like I grew up in rural Wisconsin and I just said this happens. Yeah, I, okay, that's fucked up, but I'm but that's from Montana not and I agree. But that's not what like scared like why I don't listen to it, I guess is what I'm saying. I know, but in like retrospect, I oh, mean yeah. like it's not like hip hop yeah. was like in general not generally kind of a homophobic genre and like yeah. a sexist genre that's right. not a, some surprise or something like that but i don't know for some reason obviously i don't not for some reason that bothers me just like when i see like realizing that in posts like now that i've gotten older like oh, how sure. really truly kind of fucked that is yeah yeah and i feel that way unfortunately about lots of actors that i used to have respect for and i'll like see like morgan freeman walk on screen and i'm like oh you've ruined yourself for me mm-hmm. <laughs> you suck <laughs> the perv chronicles yeah well, I would say, yeah, there's a lot of shit Eminem has said out there that's been really offensive, but I think he did it on purpose because in a way people were pretty desensitized to that type of, of talk back in the early two thousands. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying is like, we're like growing up in that era and being in high school. So I feel like he brought middle a school, lot it's of like attention common. to that. He was like, Hey, look, it's, should not be okay for me to just like say this on TV or to, you know, think it's funny that I call this person to that, you know, like Mm -hmm. I remember being in high school and shit and that was just what people said. And, uh, right. I think because of artists like Eminem, because he, uh, ruffled so many people's feathers with, with it, you know, people were kind of, are kind of open eyed to it. And like, yeah, actually that's pretty fucked up. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's kind of like brought awareness to it. A little shock value. Yeah. D, yeah. D. Snyder did it. Shock value. Mm-hmm. And Timbaland did it Timbaland too. Did twice. It. Hey. Yeah, shock value. <laughs> God. Points. Thank you. Uh, points. Thank you. Points. Well said, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always listen to that, like, just like when you were talking powers, power and numbers earlier, and me immediately thinking of J5. I've always been into that more sort of, I guess, the West Coast hip hop vibe with like the jazzy, like mm-hmm. Dilla kind of style lo-fi beats and like the positive tip where they talk about nothing but like smoking weed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's always been more, more down my alley. But sometimes I'll get aggro with it and put on the warning when I feel like I hate Mariah Carey. You know. <laughs> and who doesn't feel like they hate Mariah Carey sometimes? Like that's just how it works. Sometimes when she hits those high notes, you know. Yeah, you're right. What is she doing these days? Speaking of Nick Cannon again. Speaking of Nick Cannon, <laughs> isn't he doing a television show? Of course he is. That's his whole life. His whole life is a television show. Thank <laughs> God that's not true. Oh, in this article on on Newsweek, they're calling him a multi hyphenate. What? How? How? You had like one rap song. Oh. 
And then you have you were in movies and you were like a television host. Wait, a and so what? I think a multi hyphenate that he has like so much shit that so he like does that they threat, have to call him like, a, like a multi hyphenate like instead a of listing his skills. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say that's like that's like saying Drew Carey's a multi hyphenate. He can host multiple television shows. Drew Carey, no. Jim Carey, yes. <laughs> no, Drew Carey, he, he hosts uh, The Price is Right. He hosted uh, Whose Line Dude, Is It who's Anyway? The new, he was who's on the Drew the Carey new show. Fucking host for The Price is Right. Drew Carey. Nuh-uh, right now. Oh, there's another one? There's a new one. Oh, really? I think so. Um. Anyway, it, it, if it wasn't, it was Bob... Bob Barker. Bob Barker. He's the old That I one. saw a video of recently of this woman who got called out to come down there and... Perved on her? That's no. totally a Bob Barker move. Really? Yeah. No, she totally ran up there like full speed ahead and gave him like a jumping hug and totally just took oh, him yeah, the no, fuck that was, out. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get it, Bobby. <laughs> oh, he is. Well, he just looks as old as Bob Barker now. Drew Carey does? And he's like super skinny. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, my God. I did not know that was Drew Carey. So no wonder he fell over. He's a little sticklet now. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Me too. Yeah, that's Drew Carey. What's that lady with the green eyeshadow doing? Mimi. Mimi. I like how you just like Mimi. Yeah, because I. She... <laughs> what happened to Mimi? Did they get married? Oh my God, she's worse than I remember. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. And it's blue eyeshadow. I apologize, everybody. Was you know what's funny about that? Mimi was the name of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the older uh, audience is going to get that. Wait. Tales of the Mimi. If you is got that, that, let us know. Bro. Tales of the Mimi. Is that is yeah, that uh, science class? Think about when they're like, "Oh, we're gonna oh, watch boy. a movie today because oh, yeah, yeah. I'm hungover and I don't want to teach." Tales of the Mimi. Was that the Jacques Cousteau? <laughs> it was like that, but oh. with Ben Affleck as a child. Oh, oh my God! It's coming back. Yeah, to me. dude. Tales I know exactly what you're talking about. Diving and shit. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. God. Yes. Bang! Holy shit. Are y'all over 30? Because yeah. that's what's happening right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was we back are. in the days where you wanted to get a Tamagotchi. You know, it's okay. Now, I knew what Tamagotchi now, was. Like, if you but say that to you know kids, how like, crazy. Hey, you want a Tamagotchi? They think you're trying to give them an STD or something. <laughs> they, yeah, they only know Furbies. Okay. It's hilariously, fun. y'all, just for a side note here, Mimi, whose last name is her real last name. Oh, my God. Mimi. Oh, my God. Mimi's real name is Kathy Kinney. She was born in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Are you Wisconsin. fucking kidding me? And is an American actress and comedian. Okay, that is like a couple hours from where we live. Stevens Point? Stevens Point. Yeah. yeah. She went to the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, and then moved to did. New York City, where she worked as a secretary at WCBS-TV. After becoming famous from the Drew Carey show, she was actually featured on episodes of Whose Line Is It Anyway? And then also has made more reprise being on The Price is Fucking Right. So Mimi and Drew are still biffles and they hang out all the time. And that's hilarious. She's from Stevens Point. That's hilarious. This is some wholesome knowledge today. You know, that's ruin it. They smashed. Probably. Uh, I mean, how could you resist? Yeah, Drew's pretty hot. I was talking about her, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was I was thinking. I was I'm glad you said her. that because I was thinking the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So anyway, that is really interesting. What were we talking about though? Right before that, I don't know. I forgot. Sorry, I, I just did the, the price is right. Tyrannosaurus Rex. The price is right. Tyrannosaurus Rex. 
Yeah, my roommate has this uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex dab rig. Nice. Oh, I can say that because I live in Colorado and this is totally legal. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're, get, we're gonna do the shell of this episode where we smoke three different kinds of weed that I bought in Sacramento. What? Wait, 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 wait. Many sentences we can make at the end. Run of it. that. Run that back. <laughs> When I was just out in Sacramento for Dave's Bell at Sheldon Town. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. Shout out to Ryan. Like I a joke here. <laughs> Did he come up with that? No. I think Maddie's no. the one that told me that. No, but still. If you were at, if you were at Wave Spell as an artist and you had a good time, Ryan Hug is the reason. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I had a great time. But Dave Sheldon, who runs, who is part of Euphonic oh, yeah, Conceptions yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and helps book research for Cervantes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Maddie's roommate, and he is the one that came up with the idea for Wave Spell. So at oh. Belden, so people called it Dave Spell at Sheldon Town. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was. I was actually with great. Dave in Vegas when we were at Sound Tribe, and he was uh, talking with their marketing manager about getting it like announced, <laughs> like getting the show announced for Wave Spell. And uh, they threw it up after the last night. They threw it up on the big screens. If you've ever been to the the Brooklyn Bowl, holy shit, the Brooklyn Bowl. Okay, there it is. I literally Googled it. <laughs> they have like a double-decker bowling alleys on stage, the stage right side of the venue. and uh, That sounds awesome. They, they have like giant TV screens above each lane. So after the show, uh, they announced Wave Spell and they put up like this goofy-looking yellow flyer that wasn't quite straight <laughs> on all of the, uh, the uh-huh. screens. Dave was just so stoked. He's really <laughs> excited about that, um, the way that that happened, and I would not, I would be surprised if it didn't happen next year. I yeah, I would be as well. STS9 did make a post in post of the show <laughs> about how they would see everyone next year. That's so cool. to I'm me, glad. that sounds pretty much like they're planning on it. I had to uh, I had to miss it this year. I, some people have to work, like I tell Megan once in a while. Some people in this band have to have a real job. Oh my gosh! Okay, Dad. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I put bread on your table, Pat. This is actually true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I was bummed out. But I had to like pick and choose my battles for you know asking off for work. So I'm glad they're doing it again next year because I had a great time in Sheldon. Yeah, I'm totally gonna go regardless of if I play or not. So yeah, but book me, come on. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that was a blast. I feel like I saw you for like one second. I spent most of my time at that stage. Yeah. Uh, there was a super secret appearance between the hours of, I don't know, 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. that I made on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I made a secret appearance like around 4 a.m. on that beach. When we were out there for Priceless, too. Yeah, well, it's the best place to go smoke weed after the stage shuts yeah. down. Yep. <laughs> well, my friend Lev started playing at noon. And Lev. I was like, uh, I'm probably just going to stay here till that happens. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Dude, that's the best place to be anyway. I just real- I just find that I have to have like half my body submerged in water, a drink in my other hand, and I'm ready to rock. Even if I'm dying of a hangover. Like I said about hangovers, you know. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually it <laughs> reminds me. Stand in the water, not drink it. When I was 19 and going to school, I went to a college party. Can you believe it? And I got an underage drinking ticket. 
What? Yeah. And the cop, life is over. the cop told you have, me. You have a hard time getting a job these days. But it was like, it was like at one in the morning, one thirty in the morning. Cause my cousin called me and I was excited. I hadn't talked to her in forever. And I went outside and the cop busted me right away. And his, his line to me was, you can only get one of these per day. And it's only, it's 1am. So he's like, just keep going. That is a great line. Oh my God. That reminds me of this one time when we were driving, going like 95 miles an hour in Montana. Do that. The speed limit is 80. It was stupid. I wasn't paying attention. Even worse. We didn't have cruise control. <laughs> when the cop pulled us over, he's like, I saw, I saw the cop and literally just pulled Like he was going the other way, but I knew I was going so fast already. He's like, okay, well I'll just pull over. And then like, sure enough, two seconds later, he came whipping around, flipped to you and came up right behind me. And he comes up to the window and he's like, guilty conscience, huh? And I was like, yeah, I knew. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well, let's see here. We're just going to write you a ticket. So it's going to be 40 whopping dollars. And what? said it like, just like that. <laughs> Yeah, he was like 40 whopping bucks. Yeah. Like just you know, kind of even really being sarcastic about how like stupid. <laughs> he just thought it was stupid. I could tell that he he was like annoyed that he had to like pull me over for 40 bucks. <laughs> well, isn't there like no speed limit in Montana? That stopped happening when I was like 12, but that totally used to be a thing. And my best friend's dad was the captain of the highway patrol. And I think he still is. And he would pull over my dad and my aunt and stuff just to fuck with us. Huh. <laughs> sounds sounds great. I think wasting our, you're wasting our time, Butch. I think it's like, that's his name. By the way, Wyoming Butch. still doesn't have a speed limit. Most of Wyoming and States Nevada with no speed limit. There was definitely a speed limit on that chunk of 180 miles that we totally almost ran out of gas on. Oh yeah. Portions of Idaho, Montana, Nevada, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming road networks of 80 miles per hour. The highest posted speed limit in the entire country can be found in Texas, and it is 85 miles Holy per shit, hour. Megan, you know a lot Heavy. about speed limits. I know. Look out. I just recited that off my head. <laughs> and the, the most unique speed limit I've ever seen was in downtown Albuquerque, 18.5 miles oh, yeah, per that's hour. that's the weird one. Yeah. Legit, 18.5. Yeah. There. I've read about it and their MO is to make you think, overthink what, how fast you're driving. And they found that it has decreased speeding. Really? Yeah. Cause people are like, what the fuck is 18.5? And just like trying to keep the needle like right there. It's kind of actually hilarious. I mean, they duped us I'd again. Still go 20. <laughs> what cop's going to be yeah. like, yeah, I clocked you at 2.5 miles an hour over the speed limit or 1.5 surcharge. Yeah. yeah. You were 0.5 over, sir. Yeah, so we're going to probably wrap this up. We're getting close to an hour, but is there anything, I think Megan asked this earlier, but if you want to repeat, that you got coming up that you're excited for that you want to promote? Okay, well, I had a really great time at Grand Doozy Festival. <laughs> Shout out to Grand Doozy for bringing Sun Squabby there and uh, putting on a great show for Denver. Uh, we're about to leave for tour in a couple of weeks. The Instincts tour with Sun Squabby starting out in October. That artwork is really cool. I wish I knew the name of the artist. Thanks for putting me uh, yeah. uh, there. <laughs> no, I I um I feel like it has to be the same person who's also doing Russ Liquid Test's artwork because I was doing working a little bit with the new EP cover recently and noticed that they did sort of that thing again that Squab did where they had like 
individual single art having like one of the illustrations that were actually part of a fuller like EP cover of illustrations and stuff. Does that make sense? Anyway, it's killer. Yes. This person's super talented. <laughs> and uh they they are. I wish I god damn it. <laughs> I'll find it out. I'll find it out while you're talking. But um yeah, we started in uh October and we're on the road for about five weeks. Awesome. Are you guys gonna be um so you're gonna be back in time for the holidays and all of that good stuff? Yeah, we get home um see about two weeks before Thanksgiving. Oh nice. So do you have all? Do you have everything ready to go, or do you, are you tying up some loose ends still before that starts? Um, everything's pretty much ready to go. We've got we've built a really good team. It's the first time that these guys have gone out with their own. Like we're going in a bandwagon, so we're not doing okay. like vans and hotels. We're bringing a sound guy. We're bringing a lighting guy. You know, we're bringing a photographer. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's like a full crew. Like we're maxed out. There's no extra beds on on the bus. Awesome. Awesome. So they're really excited. It's a big step for them. It's a big step for me as well to be uh, taking care of a, these guys on such a big tour like this. We're expecting it to do really well. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you guys coming through Minneapolis at all? We are not coming through Minneapolis. Well, we'll see you in the Shout Midwest. Shout out to Zach Chazen. <laughs> for, for that. What up, Chazen? What up, Chazen? <laughs> But the last the last show we did in Minneapolis was at it was on St. Patty's Day. It was the Caboose, I think. It was right? there. Yes, sure was. Beak nasty. It was called the. It's a venue called the Caboose, yes. and I think it was sold out. So like maybe we did too good. <laughs> That's a good place to sell out too. That's um, it's a kind of a big room. Yeah, just, I, if you guys sold something out, I would never bring. Yeah, that would make sense because like we already sold it out. So what's the point? I know. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Shout out to Zach Hazen. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Zach. Yeah, yeah. We're not coming there. We we will be in Chicago October 6th. Let's see. What else is near you? That's pretty much the closest place we're coming That's to pretty you. pretty much all we got. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in China next week. Milwaukee, maybe? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, Milwaukee. Yeah. We're in Madison, I think, on the yeah. 5th. Oh, that's cool. That's close to us. Closer. Yeah. Yeah, this artwork is wild. Did you figure out the name of the artist? No, they did not list it, but. Yeah, of course he's not listed. <laughs> oh, okay. The new the new artist for this last one's name is David Holt, if anyone was wondering, for just a little. Yeah, that's going to be and, the same um, guy. That- the Chrysalis single. Yeah, and that's the same guy then that did Deluxe. I don't think so. Or, Maybe. No. I want to know who did that one too. I'm just curious. Anyway, anywho. Yeah, I'm anyway. asking. Anyway. But <laughs> uh yeah, Deluxe is really cool too. I like the vibe there. The whole pool party scene and then the flying dog. I actually made laminates and stickers uh based off all the art. So Really? Yeah, I've got some for some. this tour too to show the guys. They're gonna be pretty excited. That's awesome, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was a, some super sick artwork. And, you know, it lists their artists for their other EPs, but not this one. Maybe anyway, this guy's super I have this secret. one on vinyl. It was actually my first vinyl that I ever got was Deluxe. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And that, it's super cool. It's like green and blue and like mixed. Yeah, like I really like that one. album yeah. front to back. I was, play, I was mm-hmm. at a Christmas party, was it last year? 
it had just come out or it came out like before that. And I, I put on some of the tunes and it was kind of like, and I watched people's like ears perk up and like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a good EP. And, um, since it was the only vinyl I had for a while, it's all I would put on. Like if I was cleaning or like doing anything around the house. And so when I first saw them live after that had come out, I felt like one of those crazy fans that knows like every single moment of all, every single one of their songs. <laughs> yeah. I just got the, uh, yeah. David Holt. That's the guy. All right. David Holt is the, David is an Holt, amazing you're artist. Killing it. And, uh, I really like what he's done for these guys. Yeah, he's fantastic. I'm going to go look at his other stuff. Right? Meow. Meow. Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf. We're playing a Meow Wolf. Ooh. Are you guys yes. really? That's exciting. I, I want to get down what's, there. Dude, what's up with that one in Denver? Which one? Oh, the Meow Wolf in Denver? I'm not sure. Yes, they're putting one in Denver. Yeah, they're building one right now. They said it was going to be open in like a year. I've heard that this is Whatever. going to happen. I'm very excited about it. But we're yeah. playing. That's actually like the one of the first shows on tour. We're going to Santa Fe to play at Meow Wolf. That's nice, super cool. Congrats, that's awesome. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, the show's doing really well. The kids know what they're getting into when they go there, so that makes things fun. Mm-hmm. I want to stay for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Santa Fe is amazing. I've only ever been to Albuquerque, which is weirdly like 25 minutes away. But right, yeah. We never make it over. Mm-mm. You've never made it over. You gotta go. Uh, you huh? gotta go. Yeah, I know. I know. Someday. There's all kinds the of cool shit like everywhere. Like There is. That's one of the best parts. I was. I always say one of my favorite parts about touring is getting to eat anything I could ever possibly imagine. Yeah, the food, all that. Eat, eat, eat. Like, That's all I want to do. Eat. I went to this place. Have you ever heard of the City Museum? It's in uh, no. St. No, Louis. Nope. So it's like a, a giant playground for adults, basically. It's got like four bars in it and a 10-story slide and a giant uh, oversized yeah. skate okay. park. What? They have like four floors that have been completely turned into like a cavern. It looks like a cave. It's a maze that you like fucking crawl around in. It's so cool. <laughs> So like yeah, I, I know had a weird time last time I was in St. Louis, so I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah, to I change know. My oh yeah, what I'm gonna spend my uh, miles on my Delta miles on now. I yeah. know where I'm going. You yeah. could just drive; it's not that far. Yes, but, well, but the, the flight was like car. 40 minutes. They're gonna break into my car. That's true. Everybody, lock your doors up if you go into St. Louis. Oh yeah, no matter if you lock them, they're taking a break cab car and car. get home before dark. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. Or come home after it's light again. Yeah. It depends where you're at. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We really appreciate it. We wish you luck on the Squab Tour coming up. Thank you very much. So Thank you guys it. for having me. Of course. No problem. We'll, we'll have you in again sometime soon. Yeah, we should maybe check back on you this upcoming um, spring or something, see how things are going. That sounds awesome. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Anytime. Cool. Thanks, Great. man. Well, have a good night, day, whatever. Whatever. It's all relative. Yeah, yeah, wherever you are. all right cool later guys peace all right well thank you so much to frost for calling in taking time out of his morning and sharing some stories with us and i i hope for him that the dog he's that he's been dog sitting no longer smells like a skunk and that his neighbor's (laughs) birdhouses are all built 
so he doesn't have to listen to chainsaws. How nice of you, Pat. Yeah. Well, I want my friends to, you know, Not live happy lives. smelling dogs. Yeah. So I totally get that. No birdhouses being Very built nice next door. You. Yeah. Thanks, Frost, for coming on. That was tight. We're super stoked about a lot of the guests that we've had on lately. If you haven't peeped out some of our more recent ones, we've had Kofresi lately. We've had Maddie O'Neill. We've had Wax Future. Wax Future. So go check out those if you haven't. We got some really cool people coming up as well. I'm super stoked about the next episode we got coming for you guys with Anna Yvette, who is one of my hugest inspirations. She's been signed to Monster Cat 9,000 times. She's worked with Scrux. She's worked with, like I think, Seven Lions, Tritonal, Bro Safari. She's signed to so many of the biggest labels of today. And she just started her own solo project as well, where she's producing everything and singing as well. She's one of the most recognizable and recognizable female voices and names in the entire industry, in my opinion, next to Laura Brem. And they have an awesome song together, actually, called Summertime. But we're going to have her on next week to discuss all the stuff that's happening right now with the Music Modernization Act and all of the royalties, things that are changing right now, and the distribution stuff that's going amok with Spotify and everything. She's super knowledgeable about all of that. So she'll be a perfect guest, and it'll time out perfectly because I'm curious about what this all means. I have a good idea, but I still have a few questions. Yeah. And she's extremely knowledgeable about this stuff. She has her own podcast actually, where she she? talks about this exact sort of thing. So we'll check out her podcast next, next time, next episode, and you guys can check it out. Yeah, I think it's going to be on October 5th. So look out for that. Yeah. We might even, if we have, if we have time, maybe we'll even throw out an extra episode next week for the 28th. Yeah. Yeah. We've got just so many cool, it's gonna be a really, it's gonna be a really exciting fall for you guys. For so. you guys, because we're we're gonna have, should we even say, or should we just wait? Well, we'll let them wait. We'll, but let, yeah, tease so it a we'll bit. be with Anna Yvette next week, and it's gonna be awesome. You guys should definitely peep that out. And then we've got a new sponsor we're stoked to try. I've been trying it out. You have. I have been for the uh, last couple of days, and it's what's the called, company called? They're called Olio. Okay. And they make CBD oil uh, powder extract yeah so it's 100 cbd there's no thc so you're not going to have any of the psychoactive ingredients of the marijuana plant. yeah you're not going to be high you're not going to be high dude yeah so we're going to try this for a week or the next couple weeks and then when we talk to you again we'll let you know what we thought of it yeah but and, pretty and they have a really it. it's really cool because they have a an interesting extraction process and i'm going to do a little bit more research on that so we can explain it next week cool. but basically it Normally, if you ingest CBD, it takes a while. Like eating an edible, it takes a while to kick in. Mm-hmm. But and especially the, if you're supplementing CBD, the idea is yeah. to do it over a period of time. Right. It's so not it a quick system. fix or something like that. Yeah, but like, like how what, what their uh, special, um, it's pat, a patented uh, process, more or less. So it gets in to your, your CBD receptors much quicker, like 10 to 15 minutes. That's really interesting. Yeah, so that. you can get pretty instant relief. And they have a, a lot of really cool flavors out there. So it's just basically like a packet, almost like a... Um, yeah, we got like coconut, we got a passion fruit, a tangerine, a raspberry a to try. Yeah, yeah. So I've tried the coconut a few times nice. and it tastes just like coconut water. If you add the right amount of water to it, it tastes just like coconut water. It's delicious. It's refreshing and you get the benefits of 25 milligrams of cbd oil boom boom yeah so i've only tried it two days in a row i'm gonna go for about a week here and we can talk about that yeah yeah that'll be exciting and shout out to russell at olio for sending us all yes. that stuff yes yes that thank you so super much cool very very nice excited to try it out 
So yeah, we will see you next week. I have a couple weeks off here, which is really exciting. We've got Secret Circus that we're playing with um, a seven-piece band. And that that's will tonight. Be tonight. And I'm really nervous. I'm going to be playing the drums on stage for the first time in my life. We'll see how that goes. But that should be fun. And then I'm off to Boulder and Grand Rapids next. And I've got a really exciting announcement coming up in Minneapolis, which I can't talk about yet. But ah, is that with is that going to be with uh, one of our upcoming guests? No, it is not. Oh, really? No. So, yeah, I'm excited. I haven't played a show in Minneapolis since March. Okay. So. Well, I don't even know what this is. Yeah, I haven't told you yet. Okay. Do they, <laughs> All need, right. do they anyway. need a live band? Do they need a guitar player? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, I need work. You can come. You, All right. you can be on my guest list. Anybody need a guitar player out there? I need work. Yeah, and a date. All right. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Thanks so much for hanging out in the green room. Home of the green room. Can I take your order? Good one. Bye.